an episode a tiny bit longer than usual today because I have Catherine just with me on the show and everything Catherine does is so soulful and deep and meaningful. I couldn't cut all the goodness there. And we go through lots and lots of things. She's a photographer with a really, really different process and an amazing story. So I really hope you will take the time to really listen, pause and listen, because there's so much food for thought in there. It's, it's deep. Hey, hey, you. Yes, you. Do you want to feel good and look good? Be safe online in your business? Perfect. That's the place. That's the time. It's another episode of the Right Brain Geek Podcast. Hi, mighty ones. Another episode. And with me today is Catherine Just. And I'm really, really happy. I've asked her six months ago and she said yes to come on the podcast. And you know what? Silly me. I was too shy to send the booking link and today is happening. So thank you so much, Catherine, for, for joining me. Thank you so much. It's an honor. So I'm sure you all know Catherine's work. She's a fantastic photographer. She had Danielle Laporte, Carrie-Anne Moss, McKenna Held and many, many entrepreneurs under a lens. But what I absolutely love and adore with the Catherine work is the deep meaning and the soul she put into it. There's a, a reason for it. There's all um, a journey you've been through. But before I invite you to tell us your story, I would love to invite you for a deep breath just to get us you know, mm. grounded. I love my listeners to make yes. a pause in their week. I know we're all busy and rushing, but it's so good to just... Take a moment and take a deep breath. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Thank you. So Thank you. tell us, I know your story, but I would love you to tell my listeners in your words. How did you started your work with photography and how things were so different more than 30 years ago now? Mm. Mm, thank you. My story is pretty much, it starts, I'm going to start it at age 18. I um, checked myself into treatment for a crystal meth addiction. And I was really uncomfortable in my own skin and really couldn't process my feelings. I didn't know how to be here, really. I was very anxious, stressed out little being. And I got sober. And from treatment, I then went to art school because I really didn't know what else to do with myself. And art was really the one class I took in high school that was meaningful to me. And my art teacher in high school told me that I had talent and that I should do something with it. And she, I think, was a little angel. I think she really saved me because she planted that seed. And so once I was sober, I I did go to art school and I was introduced to conceptual photography and I had no idea what that was. And I had no interest in photography until they said, what major do you want? And I just picked it out of the blue. So then I'm in oh, this. Really? Yeah, I did. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, in high school. I was painting and drawing from real life. So I would take magazine ads and draw them or draw from still life. But photography was never really a part of my my childhood. And so it really was this random 
a random act within a minute of thinking. And, and then I took this incredible course called conceptual photography. And inside that class, I learned about this world where you can take an idea and turn it into something visual. So what I realized quickly was that I could take the emotions that I struggled so hard in my youth to process and to understand how to handle myself and what was happening outside of me and turn them into something visual, something that I couldn't really articulate verbally, mostly because I, I had a hard time looking at people in the eyes. I, I just had, I was so shy and so insecure and didn't really know that I had much of value. And so I went inside and used this tool of conceptual photography to figure out how to make visual something that I was feeling about a situation, about a relationship, about something I was struggling with. And through that, I found a way to not only connect with myself, but also found that through this nonverbal communication, I was connecting with other people. And it became a way for me to process over the course of the 30 years that I've been sober up to this point. So it has evolved into a life career of mine to explore the spaces that are in between the words, the places that are hidden that aren't necessarily seen in everyday life, but the things that are underneath the surface that we can feel and sense. And maybe there are whispers, but we're not completely tuned into our own intuition. So I'm like, I, I feel like I'm an archaeologist that sort of create a story or a, an alternative environment or landscape that explores these things visually through my camera. Yeah, that's something that always gives me the, the chills when I look at your photography or I read the testimonials. You manage to create that mm. kind of sacred space whenever you, you shoot mm -hmm. with someone. And they always say that you see them that you actually really see them, even in spaces that they didn't see before. And there's so much trust and there's something a bit magical about setting up this space. Maybe it's because you allow yourself to show up really raw and really vulnerable. So you're leading the way and make them feel like they can be safely vulnerable. That makes sense. Yes, <laughs> yes I, I actually think that that is it because I empathize with the idea of being in front of a camera and having to show up, so to speak, and perform and be seen and how it, it is a vulnerable thing. It's very scary, really, to have somebody with this big lens looking at you and seeing you. And because I have suffered so, so much with insecurity around like social anxiety and not knowing if people liked me when I was young, like really struggling with being here, like I said earlier. So I empathize with that discomfort. So I think that that's how I'm able to sink into a photo shoot. I come with that, uh, fully prepared to make myself just easy to be with. I think that that's really, it's really about not so much taking a perfect portrait of somebody, but having a connection with the person that I'm looking at and with. And I feel like I'm looking through the lens and my experience has been that what I see looking back at me is a version of God. And it literally, like I feel emotional talking about it. I, I feel, I do cry at my photo shoots. I get so emotional at what I see, the pureness that I see coming through when we're just, we just turn on music and we're dancing and we're laughing. I don't know. I don't have anything prepared. It's actually 
I'm jumping into the void with them. And so for me, it's also a bit nerve wracking before a photo shoot because it's the unknown and I don't feel like I have control and I don't know what's going to happen. And so there is a little bit of just insecurity on my part before I step in. And so both of us go into the unknown together. And then this, what, what happens as a result is a bit beyond my control because we both are allowing ourselves to be present and I'm listening and looking and observing and waiting. And I feel a bit like I noticed at my last photo shoot that I am a bit like a jaguar and I'm stalking, <laughs> I'm stalking my prey and the prey are really these moments in between poses or in between conversations when the, the human that I'm interacting with really allows themselves to drop whatever mask they might have on. And that space in between is really where the magic is. It's something that really I find amazing, just that setting up the space and then being so present that you can just let things happen and collect it and, and co-create it. Mm-hmm. And that is quite quite the experience. Mm. And something I really like, and I, I don't know if you are totally aware of it, is the fact that you go totally against the 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 trend in a way because we start to be going really fast and we do lots of selfies and on the opposite you are slowing down you use a a vintage four by five camera and you do self-portrait and not selfies and you you don't push on the perfect image as you said you look inwards and you look for the perfect connection and it's so refreshing and I think Mm. that's why so many people connect to your work because Oh, gosh, we need to feel nourished by beauty and we need to feel that connection. And we are kind of droning in that noise online. And your work is so needed for that because that really shifts and and proves to us that it's not in the appearance like art nourishes if it connects inside. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I love in your work. I have to say, like so many times I just go on Instagram and I look at your work and I, I just stay there looking. It's just, oh. um, you know, it's just ah, <laughs> nourishing. Thank you for saying that. It, it, it actually, it, it does make me a bit emotional to consider that something like a crystal meth addiction and being on my knees and not really wanting to be here, so to speak, and letting crystal meths almost devour me and not really caring if it did or not. And then having a moment of awakening, so to speak, where I heard that there in my head, I heard that there was something more to this life than what I was living. And I feel like I've been curious ever since and sort of leaning into what that meant and trying to figure out my place here and trying to figure out what my work is about or why it's important to make my work or who cares about my work or what, you know, Is it too self-absorbed or is it too all the things that all artists, I think, and all people struggle with about their identity and their purpose here and does it matter and all of that. And if, and when somebody reflects back to me that something that I've done has impacted them, I go all the way back to that beginning place of, of desperation and, and just the depth of loneliness that I felt and the darkness that I felt. And now this connection that you're, you're speaking to a connection. Like, I don't think you'd be staying and looking at the work if you didn't actually feel sort of related to it or connect to it in some way. And that right there feels like the most meaningful thing that 
we are all on this planet together and that we can really suffer from the dis-ease, so to speak, of feeling detached or separate from, and that art can really heal and that that is something that I have experienced over the years through my decision over and over to continue even when it's uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Yeah, and... I think, as you said, it's communication without words. So everybody looking at your picture can feel something that resonates. And even if they're not able to put words, it can be freeing or it can be soothing. Like one of my favorite image in your work is one of your self-portrait with the red uh, thread mm-hmm. in. And I can't even say why, but I can look at it and I feel soothed. Oh. And I feel more hopeful in a way it's really weird like if you know i've got a bluesy moment like as you said happens really often when you're an entrepreneur and you're a freelance or a single or you know when you feel lonely and for some reason this image with that thread it's a yeah it's a bit like a lighthouse sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just something that yeah soothes i don't know i can't find another word for now (laughs) Thank you so much for saying that. I know the picture you're speaking of. And I have to say that that one image has gotten a lot of response similar to what you're saying. And it is the first image in years that I've actually sold online and or sold in general. I hadn't really been selling my work. And so many people reached out to me sharing that they really felt that image. And it is like a stitching of the heart. And I left that little piece of thread longer than the image just hanging down like you know we can stitch things up from a relationship or think that we've healed from something but there is this little trickle of blood or a trickle of that relationship that will um, absolutely be uh, impacting future relationships whether we know it consciously or not so I felt like that was why I left that thread there instead of just putting the x inspiration just there thank you and it wasn't thought of i literally saw this polaroid that i had discarded because i didn't think it was exposed well and i picked it up maybe eight months later it was just sitting on a shelf and i saw it and i picked it up and i stitched it without thought and i feel like that is true like that wasn't a designed moment it was really it, it was it was allowing myself to go into that space of the unknown for that split second and just respond. And then I'm hearing back that other people understand it, even if people are going through divorce or they just ended a relationship or they're healing from something or they are tending to themselves in a new way and making commitment or devotion to themselves. And that image speaks to them in a variety of ways, which I love the universal quality of it. And I feel like Yes, I made it and I didn't make it, if that makes sense. Like I just responded. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit, again, co-creation. It's letting the flow and not always trying to fix or do or control everything and letting things come to you as well. Yes, absolutely. I am a big believer in, in allowing and in permission and in listening And I'm not talking about even listening to words, but really listening with our senses. I feel like that's really where the truth is living. Yeah, and it's really funny because I've been trying to follow my intuition more the last two weeks because that's something I'm really craving. And that's how we are on the podcast tonight Mm. because I've been 
keen to message you about this again. And today, in my Facebook timeline, your name was with another quality of writing. There was something and nothing changed. It's the same Facebook typography, but it was just like calling and I just <laughs> jump a message and here we are. And I mm -hmm. love this. <laughs> I love it too. It was syn I feel like it was synchronicity. Completely. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I'm got all the... I know. Perfect timing. <laughs> That's something I really hope my listeners are going to think about and soak in both your amazing journey from the despair to that inspiring creation of art that ripples further and further than you ever thought it would. Ah. So even if they are desperate now, they can imagine something beautiful can come out of this and they just need to find a way for them to get grounded, get help and really be the alchemist or the, of their future, if that makes sense. But oh, it's, yeah, that's a beautiful way of saying it. Yeah. It's, um, it's really what I feel when I look at your work and I know you've got a, a course coming about self-portrait. I said it before, but you really don't think of selfies. It's really not about getting that perfect selfie when you control the light and you look good and it's your right angle on your face. It's really the portrait as in you are telling your story through that image, which doesn't even need to be your face if yes. I understand the, the work you're, you're doing. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I actually do believe that every photo that we take is a self-portrait. And even if it's a landscape or we're a tourist in a new city and we're taking pictures of the buildings or we're taking a picture of our meal or we're taking a picture <laughs> of our feet, <laughs> it's, it is really expressing our point of view in that moment. And so I have to say that a self-portrait is a variety of things. And in my course, it is really about looking inward. And if you do choose to create a photograph, a self-portrait using a landscape, you're really thinking about how that landscape looks in response to how you're feeling inside. Does it express to you in that, is it a desert? Is it a forest? Is it the ocean? What is it? What's happening on the inside that you could see out in your landscape around you or go find that could possibly be a metaphor of what you're trying to say is happening for you on the inside? So for me, yes, it, I do use myself, my being in my self-portrait work, my face, and also long exposures are a very big deal for me because I do feel like it is opening the doorway to a place and space and time that we can't see with our mm. eyes in daily life. So I'm looking for clues in between worlds, so to speak. And I also use alternative spaces or creating places using objects in my house as metaphor for something else. Like the surrealist painters, specifically the female surrealist painters, were the first inspiration I had when I first got sober. Like I said, I came from a painting background, so I was studying painting and drawing. And so from that, moving into photography, I was still thinking about how to explore using a variety of objects and myself in a way that will express an environment or a, a state of mind. So a spoon on the table lit a certain way could express something better than just taking a photograph mm. of my face. I find it fascinating and I'm still very curious 30 years later 
to figure out and find ways to, I feel like it's a bit like writing a poem or writing a song where I am leaning in to what the whispers are inside of me and trying to pull it apart into the, distill it down into the essence of what is happening for me and moving it into this framework mm. of a photograph. But it's true. I can see you as a poetess, even though you don't use Thank words, you. though you write fantastically. Like I love reading your, your blog posts on Thank Facebook or, or Instagram, but there's something, as you said, that's really about that image and that construction that evoke something. And yeah, mm. it's um, a bubble of um, bliss in the mad world. And I love that you slow down and that you really go inwards. That's so not the trend now. And <laughs> it feels so good. True. <laughs> it feels so good. It's a good reminder to stop the race. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, I, I do struggle with that in my daily life with being an entrepreneur And I'm divorced and raising a child with Down syndrome who happens to be eight and wants to play like he's <laughs> Harry Potter when I have an email to send out to my community about a class. And, you know, there are, you know, moments in my day where I have to remember to do the same thing in my life that I do in my artwork, which is to step into the unknown, stop trying to control and design everything, but allow my life to talk to me just like I allow my artwork to to show me yeah, what's next well, you've done it quite uh, a bit in the last year because you've decided to leave your um, fixed home and go on the road and that's been <laughs> amazing to see as well that kind of constant creation and travel obviously going back to max your son all the time but really jumping leaping as you said before absolutely leaping in life and getting to meet people and doing your art all over the world Yeah. Yes, it's extraordinary. I really did not believe that it could be possible. And luckily, I have a friend who's also a client of mine. And I also work with her as my coach who has an extraordinary life. And through watching her explore a life that's so expansive, I thought, maybe I'm limiting myself mm -hmm. here. And I, I cherish the fact that I can see her taking risks in all sorts of ways. It's not a linear a career at all. She really follows her heart and, and follows every single dream that she has. And so she's helped me find ways to unlock a future that is more aligned with bigger dreams that I could imagine, but also aligned with a lifestyle and a life that, that is a living, breathing thing that I get to choose what's happening as it comes up to me, like my schedule was sort of made, but not really. And I would show up in a town and not know where I was going to stay and not be worried about it and find a hotel or an Airbnb and go with the energy of the universe and mm -hmm. listening and being open to my senses. And it's still that way. People are, you know, I put on the calendar that I'm going to Oaxaca. And then the next week I took that down and put up, I'm going to Barcelona and I'm just allowing it to unfold because I really don't know where I'm supposed to be. I know where I might desire to be, but that might not be aligned with something bigger that I can't see with my own sight, just like my artwork has things to tell me if I allow it to. So it has been this dance of, you know, it's comfortable being in that space of the unknown and it can be very uncomfortable. And just to allow myself to be in both of these places whenever they arise 
to allow myself the expansion experience and know that with that comes contraction. It's part of being in business. It's part of the artistic process. It's part of life. And so I do experience all of that. I think people think that it's <laughs> just, you know, I put everything in storage last August and I've just been traveling and it's been exciting and free. Well, yes, yes. And it's everything. It's mm. all the things. It is lonely mm. sometimes. It is expansive sometimes. It is extraordinary in ways that I could never have imagined. And, and I get to face some things that I thought that I was done processing years ago and look at them again from a new point of view and choose what to do with them, whether it be make art around them or process it through journaling or whatever it might be, to open to the possibility of understanding myself more so that I can, you know, teach these classes and, and teach retreats and share my work from an even deeper mm -hmm. place. Uh, I think this openness is so precious it's fantastic because it makes Thank such you. a difference living your life and that's something i'm working on at the at the moment and i know it's not easy so you know i bow to you i put my hats off to you because going with the flow allowing things and be open to as you said not being comfortable it is hard work it is yeah. difficult so respect mm. thank you i was gonna say I really feel comfortable making the big, big, big decisions. Like I'm going to go to Paris for three months, <laughs> <laughs> but the tiny little decisions can really trip me. And some people would say that that's alcoholic that, you know, as an alcoholic, I have a hard time dealing with life on life's terms. And so things that seem easy to other people, I get really frustrated by or overwhelmed by. And it seems sort of silly to other people, like, why are you hung up on this little tiny thing? But I think it is a big thing at that moment. And I have an opportunity then to see that I can be open to the ease that comes with knowing that the universe has my back and that there are more energies and, and things connected with me through my life when I'm doing these big things and I can take them into these places where I feel overwhelmed by, you know, what I'm, when I'm getting tripped up by whatever it is that other people find easy. Uh, so that's been, that's been the work for me along these 30 years as well that I get to explore through my work and through just living in the world. So I see it in other people. And when I, I do mentor people that are entrepreneurs who, want to start their own website and they're getting stuck on the typeface. And I think, you know, our businesses, <laughs> our websites, our artwork, our life, our relationships, it's all a living, breathing thing. So mm -hmm. we get to, we get to decide, make a decision right now about what feels good to us right now. And when we get quiet and can slow down, we actually know the answer. And when we give ourselves permission to change our mind it frees everything and it brings in the sense of ease and play and that anything is possible and we can yeah, just try exactly. it. Exactly. That's something I'm really um, adamant about. And too many people think that things are set in stones and we should see business as an experiment and try things. And in a previous episode, I invite the listeners who haven't listened to my uh, business is like making crap episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. It's not what you could imagine, but it's quite good. Um, you will learn with each iteration and you may surprise yourself by, with a really good recipe or, you know, you need to allow to burn a crepe. 
once in a while and yes. it's not a big deal yes. you know you catch up with the next one and as i said to clients who wanted their website done you are just doing one iteration of the website you are not printing the last bible on earth you know right. it's safe you can change your mind it's not a big deal you will have many occasions to tweak that font or that color <laughs> yes yes yeah you know as you were talking, I was also thinking about how in the creative process, we make artwork. And in my classes, I hear a lot that they think they're making work that sucks. Oh, gosh, <laughs> they yeah. think that their work is uh, ugly. They think they're ugly. They're having body image issues. They're wanting to shut down. They're comparing their insides to other people's outsides and not measuring up. Or they're just comparing artwork to artwork and never feeling like they're going to get past whatever it is that they are judging I feel like it's almost the same thing where you have to let go and be able to be free and allow yourself to make this work that actually has something to tell you and that it's actually not bad because it's it's giving you information on what to do next. So if something looks what you quote unquote bad or you made a bad decision in business or, you know, you're having a time for an extended amount of time with the finances and you're you're doing all the things right in marketing, but it's not turning out right, like. I feel like it's just giving you information. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means that something else needs to shift that you haven't shifted yet. Mm. Maybe you need to paint it red or stitch on it or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> find a coach that's doing it differently than the people that you've been working with prior or uh, take a break and go for a walk or read some poetry to get inspiration in a new way. Like, I, I just feel like that is an, a universal thing around you know, what to do with starting anything and feeling like it has to be perfect or feeling like we have to judge it before we even make it. <laughs> so true. So true. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's around everywhere. It's, um, I can see people comparing themselves and judging and yeah, it breaks my heart quite often when I see people who are absolutely gorgeous and saying, oh no, I'm, I'm too ugly to get on a video for my business. It's like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. Just, we need to hear yeah. you. We need to see you. You are gorgeous. Just, just go shine. Give us that smile of yours. Just give us your giggle. And yeah, that's, sorry, yeah. I get yeah. excited. <laughs> I do too. I do too. When people come to me and say they can't do it because of something that they actually believe about themselves, that's not true. Um, and Miguel Ruiz, who I studied with, who wrote the book, The Four Agreements, he was my spiritual teacher for a while. And he uh, would say, um, why not? Big deal. So what? Who cares? Mm. <laughs> As a spiritual teaching, like, Amazing. Um, the only, yeah, the only suffering that's happening is because of thoughts that we have in our heads about whatever it is that's happening in our life mm. or not happening in our life. Uh, this, so I'm when you say that, about that. The, it's just, yeah, I, yeah, I have to all the time review what, why it is that I'm churning in my head about whatever it is and take a step back when I become aware of the fact that I'm, that I'm doing that to myself and then make a new choice and 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 unravel that old habit of almost, you know, I see people being addicted to their story and I think it causes chaos and it creates clutter mm. in between them and their magnificence. They can't see it because they're so busy keeping all these other belief systems and stories and chaos and in the way. And I can't say that I don't do that myself. It's, it's just something I observe in others and I recognize it in myself. 
from time to time, I'll wake up to that very thing where I recognize I've been really wasting time with mm. this addiction to a story. <laughs> I just yeah, I'm I'm sucking it in. Sorry, I'm I'm speechless because it really yeah, it really really <laughs> resonates. <laughs> That's like oh yes. yes. Well, I think too if we see ourselves doing something again and again and again in our life, and like now I'm 48 years old, and I can see behaviors that I've done continually for many many years, and this the consequence is still the same. I can use that against myself, not just what's happening in the present. But I can judge myself for all the years that I still haven't figured it out. Look at you. You know, like that dialogue, there's yeah. always, a, like I say, that there's always a little voice in my head that is trying to kill me. That, you know, not literally, mm -hmm. but wants to take me down. And I, I have to understand that that is not who I am. Maybe explore those thoughts through my art and through connecting with other people and speaking those things out loud and understanding that we're all in this together and it's not unique. <laughs> and, yeah. and really finding ways to have compassion through the whole process of living. Yeah, I think the guilt, many of us are, you know, victim of it. Someone, I wish I could remember, um, recently someone told me, you know, all the crap that's happening, think of it as manure. <laughs> Because out of that, you know, you can make amazing flowers so grow. True. And um, and I thought that was good because, yeah, you can really look at everything a bit, you know, more tender and with less yeah. guilt because it's just a tool. It's just something, a step towards something magnificent. And uh, I'm I'm trying to make that shift when I look at the past and trying to really see it as manure for a fantastic mm -hmm. future, but it, it takes time. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking too, that in my work, I try to mark moments that matter in my life. And then when I look back, I can see that moment and I have evidence of a time and a belief system and a way of thinking and being in the world that may or may not still exist today, but I get to see the growth or see the places that I still might need to work on when I look at at this body of work that I've collected over all of these years. And that's extraordinary. Like, I don't know that we really recognize the significance of making art as a form of, of creating evidence, or it's like a, a message in a bottle that you find years later, or mm -hmm. a little hidden treasure um, that has information in it for us, like a journal would. And I find it really profound and deeply meaningful to have a resource at our fingertips with our camera on our phone or the four by five camera, whatever camera or artistic expression to be able to mark moments that are really yes, meaningful. Yes, beautiful idea to see life and art like this or this lens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not intended there. there go. <laughs> I'm going to really enjoy editing this episode because there's so much in it. I'm going to listen to it and listen to it with so much pleasure. For the oh. people who want to interact with you more and get into your course for the, the self-portrait course, obviously I'll put the link in the show notes. Do you want to tell us a bit quickly what it is, how it works? Yeah, sure. It's called Self-Portraiture as Medicine. It starts August 7th and it comes in your inbox for 10 days. Starting on a Monday, you'll get an email every day with a new prompt and a new lesson about self-portraiture and how to weave in and out and through what's happening in your everyday life, in your own home, at your job. You don't need to have fancy equipment to explore this with me. And we go on a journey together 
where we're really tuning into all of our senses and finding ways to express ourselves through the medium of self-portraiture. And there's a Facebook group that's private where all of us come together and share these really vulnerable and intimate images and story together and support each other through it. Because it is a very brave and courageous thing, I I think. So to have that supportive community is very meaningful and helpful. People are also posting on Instagram if they feel like they want to do that and go public with their work and they just use the hashtag self-portraiture as medicine. And so for people that are looking for examples of this class, you can go on Instagram with the hashtag self-portraiture as medicine and find all the people who did, including myself, post images from the courses previous to this one coming up. And an Instagram, my Instagram handle is C just. J-U-S-T. And right now there is a link in my profile that takes you directly to the class description on my website. I'll put the various links in the show notes so people can just click and access to all these. And uh, I'm looking forward to see and follow all these on Instagram because it is so, as you say, it's meaningful. It's really human and it's really poetic and it's really a fantastic experience, I think, for everybody that's going to be in your course. Thank you so much. It's always really meaningful to me to be observing and and being a part of a bigger, a collective of people creating from that place. Thank you. Thank you so much, Thank Catherine, you. for jumping to <laughs> Skype like this. It was it's wonderful. Been amazing. Wonderful. And Thank you so much. looking forward to see all this unfold on Instagram. I'll see you there. Okay. Thank you so much. That's all for today. I look forward to see all the series on Instagram with the hashtag self-portrait as medicine. I hope you will have a look as well. And don't forget, if you haven't already, go subscribe to my newsletter. If you want to set up a business online, if you want to install and use WordPress, or if you're a bit worried about your privacy in Facebook, I've got two courses coming your way. So if you want to have the early bird prices and all the details, jump on therightbraingeek.com and subscribe. Come geek with me. See you for another episode next Sunday.